Welcome to Sports Bites, the podcast that serves up a winning combination of sports and food. Get ready to dive into the latest scores and game analysis, all while savoring discussions about your favorite game day snacks and culinary delights. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and together we will explore the delicious intersection of athleticism and gastronomy. So let's kick off this flavorful journey of Episode 5. Well, it was Week 1, officially Week 1 of college football, and you know there were some great games out there. There were some games that were duds, there were some games out there that were crap. You know, but I really enjoyed watching, uh, you know, this whole week of football, five days of football starting from last Thursday night with the Florida-Utah game. I'm going to go over all the top 25 scores, and of course, we're going to talk about the Colorado game, Coach Prime, the talk of the town right now uh, in all of college football, uh, what Oklahoma did, uh, three teams scoring in the 70s, a couple of upsets, Colorado, Texas, uh, Texas Christian being one of those, so... Again, sit back, relax, grab a snack. We'll talk about my birthday weekend as well, the food that I enjoyed on the weekend, and uh, get ready for week two. And I'll let you know at the end of a special guest coming up on our Thursday episode. So the week one, top 25 scores and thoughts. Number 25, Iowa beat Utah State 21-14. Cade McNamara was 17 of 30, 191 yards, two touchdowns. Still not over 300 yards offensively for the Iowa Hawkeyes, a team that... Really struggled last year on the offensive side. Utah State's Cooper Legas was 32 of 48 for 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Iowa had 88 yards rushing. Next for Iowa was the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy against Iowa State. It's a rivalry game. Always a lot going on in that matchup. So, again, it's going to be interesting to pay attention what happens there. Can Cade McNamara help lead Iowa to a better season than last year? Again, I talked about Kirk Ferentz, one of those guys that seems to be untouchable. No matter what his record is, he's untouchable. We'll see moving forward. I like Iowa in that game. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Iowa State. I know Iowa State lost a lot of people with the uh, gambling situation during the offseason, so it'll be tough for the Cyclones moving forward. Number 24, Tulane getting their season off to a good start, beating a good South Alabama team pretty handily, 37-17. Michael Pratt, almost perfect on the day, 14-15. of 15. 294 yards, four touchdowns. They jumped out to a 24-7 lead right before South Alabama scored late in the half to bring it within a, a touchdown. Very unconventional flea flicker if you saw it. They they lined up Michael Pratt, the quarterback, as a wide receiver. And so they had the running back, Shady, uh, Shady Clayton Johnson, took a direct snap, took off to the left-hand side of the formation. Lawrence Keyes, one of the best receivers, comes around, takes the pitch, well, Pratt was coming around as well. There was a pitch, and then you had Pratt hitting Jaquan Jackson for 48 yards. Um, but Tulane looking good, building off that big victory against USC last year in the Cotton Bowl. Of course, all the Oklahoma fans love that, taking down Muleshoe. But looking at the next game for Tulane, it's going to be a lot different. They take on the Ole Miss Rebels. They do host, so it's an old SEC matchup of Tulane and Ole Miss. The Rebels. Had a really good game against Mercer. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But good job for Tulane, 37-17 over a really good South Alabama team. A team that had 10 wins last year, and a lot of people predict to be their conference champion. Number 23, Texas A&M. They beat New Mexico 52-10. Connor Wigman had a career day, five touchdowns. New Bobby Petrino calling the place. Everything seemed to go good. The, the freshman that I'm paying attention to, Ruben Owens from El Campo, Texas, had uh, seven carries for 25 yards. 
up next. The Aggies will step up a little bit in competition as they take on Miami on the road. Not a lot of pushback from New Mexico. I'm still waiting for the blow-up to happen between Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. Let's, let's just see what happens. I talked about Ole Miss, their next game against Tulane out in New Orleans. I still have a little bit of sadness about you know Tulane. A couple of years ago when Oklahoma and Tulane were going to play, it was my birthday weekend, again, opening weekend. Oklahoma was set to play in New Orleans. And I was I was geared up. Me and my wife, we'd already bought tickets. We were going to go, like, experience all the food on Bourbon Street, Boudin, Etouffee, Gumbo. Like, we were going to go. We were going to do it up. It was my birthday weekend. Going to New Orleans to watch a game. Then a hurricane hit. And another round of COVID. And the game got pushed to Norman. So I was really, I was really disappointed that I didn't get to go to that game. But I am excited uh, for this matchup. I think it's good that Tulane is bringing in some bigger-name schools. Now, bigger-name schools are going to travel out there. So, But Ole Miss, they took on Mercer in their first game of the year, 73-7, to really just pummeled the Bears. And Jackson Dart looked really good. Some big plays. It was about 50% passing, though. 12-23, 334 yards, four touchdowns. Spencer Sanders got in through a couple touchdowns of his own in the second half. Mercer responded after the opening score with a 75-yard touchdown run by Carter Peavy. Here's the bad thing, though. One run, 75 yards. After that, he ended the day with seven carries for 49 yards. Not good. That is a definite no bueno there. The game I was really excited about Saturday night, uh, the Dukes-Mayo football kickoff classic. It's not the bowl game. But number 21, North Carolina versus South Carolina, the Battle of the Carolinas, Drake May, Spencer Rattler. I I was excited about this matchup. Two of the top quarterbacks in the country. But it was the defense of North Carolina that really rose to the occasion, harassing Spencer Rattler to the tune of nine sacks, and it could have been way more. Now, Spencer still finished 30 of 39, 355 yards, but no touchdowns. Drake May threw for 269 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he did have two interceptions, so take that, take that for what it is. British Brooks led the way for the Tar Heels with 103 yards on the ground. The Tar Heels' next host, App State. Be on the lookout. Don't go sleeping on App State. We all know what Appalachian State can do. So if you're North Carolina, you're Mac Brown, you got to get your team ready to take on Appalachian State because they are going to bring it. Number 20, my Sooners. Man, I, I tell you what, I, I couldn't be prouder. I've seen and heard a lot of people talking about the defensive line only getting one sack on the day, but it's 73 to nothing. The thing that people have talked about with Oklahoma for the last decade, 15 years, defense. They shut out a team. This was a team in the last three, four, five years would have given up a couple touchdowns to Arkansas State. So, I mean, to, to go out there and to win the game 73 nothing, man, I, I was happy with everything. I liked seeing that Dylan Gabriel looked more in control, was hitting more of the deep passes, seemed to be more on point. That was a big topic of discussion last year. Couldn't hit the deep pass. He was 19-22, 308 yards, two touchdowns. Jackson Arnold got in on his birthday, my birthday. That's how I knew he was going to be great. Shared the same birthday. He was perfect on the day, and you know, he ran for a touchdown, threw a touchdown. Uh, Gavin Freeman, though, this kid, you're going into Barry Sanders-type world here. You scored on the first touch last year on a reverse. This year, he's back to, uh, to field a punt. He takes a punt back to the house on his first touch. So 
you put you set the bar high for next year, Gavin. You know, a former walk on, and he's now on scholarship. But you know, everything I, I like what I saw. The defense, you know, they limited Arkansas State to only fifty plays, two hundred eight yards, and only ten first downs. I think there were six three and outs on the day. Thirty seven minutes of uh, possession by Oklahoma. You know, I like what I saw. Next is SMU. Rhett Lashley, the coach, SMU. Uh, this offense is going to be another test for the Sooners. I don't know, you know if you're going to see more of the same, a lot of the quick getting the ball out of your hands, not allowing the defensive line to really make any type of impact. But this SMU offense is going to put some pressure on the defense. I think it'll be a good test. I still think Oklahoma comes out in that one. Number 19, Wisconsin. They welcomed in Buffalo to start of the Luke Fickle era, began with a victory, and Tanner Mordecai, former center, 24-31, 168 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions as Chez Malusi ran for 157 yards, two touchdowns. Braylon Allen added 144 yards, two scores as well. Hard to believe this was the first announced sellout in Camp Randall since 2007. That's hard to believe. But as crazy as Camp Randall can be, all the jump around, everything that happens at Camp Randall, the first sellout since 2007. Bucking the Badgers hit the road to take on Washington State next week. Oregon State, they played San Jose State. DJ Uyunglele played well, 239 yards, three touchdowns on 20 and 25 passing. No pressure on him. I mean, anybody can look good when you have no pressure. There's a couple plays I was watching highlights of the game. I mean, he could have made himself a sandwich, sat back there, ate it, posted a review on it. Oregon State, you know, again, Pac-12 played extremely well. Week one went 13-0. and Oregon State won 42-17. Next for the Oregon State Beavers, they host UC Davis. Over back to the Big 12, Kansas State number 16, the Wildcats, a 45 to nothing win over Southern Missouri. Will Howard, 18 to 26, 297 yards through the air. Only one score in the first quarter. Uh, didn't get to see much of the game, really, so I can't make too much of a judgment on Kansas State. Next is Troy for them, who should post a much tougher foe for the Kansas State Wildcats. Oregon, whoo, man. You talk about Oklahoma and their 73 to nothing score over. Arkansas State, Oregon put up 81 on Portland State. 81-7, to Bo Nix, 23-27, 287, three touchdowns. Bucky Irving, four rushes, 119 yards, two touchdowns. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I felt bad for the Duck. They said, you know, he does push-ups for every score. I think they totaled up. He did 536 total push-ups. No, thank you. Next for the Oregon Ducks, they head to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Can Texas Tech bounce back after their shocking loss to Wyoming in double overtime? Makes the Big 12 look real good. Talked about Utah, Florida, that Thursday night game. Utah looked really, really good. Uh, without Cam rising, they played well. I mean, very first play of the game for Utah, Bryson Barnes to Money Park, 70-yard touchdown pass. Graham Mertz didn't play bad. I just think everyone else around him did. You know, there was every time Florida got into the red zone and got to a third and short, there was a penalty that pushed him back. There was a costly mistake. It was just a very undisciplined team. And I thought it's not going to be a good year for the Florida Gators. I talked about that early on. I didn't think it was going to be a good year for Florida. And I still think it's not going to be a good year for Florida. But Utah wins 24-11, just really just getting physical, just getting out physical out there. Utah's at Baylor next. Nate Johnson played well at quarterback. He, he showed some speed. But the Utah-Baylor game, and Baylor, 
You lost to Texas State. So Utah goes to Baylor. Should have a, I don't know anything about Cam Rising yet. We'll wait till Thursday to see if we hear anything on Cam Rising. But Utah knocked off Florida. Notre Dame, number 13, 56-3 over Tennessee State. Sam Hartman, again, another solid outing. Audric Esme, another game over 100 yards. Notre Dame did not allow another touchdown for the second consecutive game. They'll play North Carolina State again, so a step up in athletic ability, at least on the road. Uh, I think it's still a win for North Car- uh, for Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, a really good transfer quarterback for the Irish. I think it's going to be uh, a pretty good year for Notre Dame, especially looking in the ACC, uh, especially with what I saw from Clemson. We'll talk about that as well. Number 12, Tennessee beat up on Virginia, 49-13. Joe Milton threw for two touchdowns, ran for two in the Vol season opener. Virginia just coming back from you know for football after postponing most of the season after the shooting that claimed the lives of three players. Um, a tip of the hat to Tennessee as they held a moment of silence before the game. Both cheer squads placed flowers on the 1, 10, and 41 in honor of the fallen players. And Mike Hollins, who was the lone survivor of that shooting, needing many surgeries, led the team out on the field carrying the flag. Uh, it, it was great to see. Three carries, had a catch on the day, and just a tip of the hat to that young man to go through what he's been through to fight his way back and to be on the field in a college football game. Um, I, I just wish him the best. Uh, but not a lot you can really judge from that game. Tennessee looks really good, and I think they're going to continue to cruise on until they get to that SEC schedule. Number 11, Texas, 37-10. They beat Rice. A lot of people down on Texas for the performance heading into that matchup in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. You know, I, I get it. Texas played extremely vanilla, if you ask me. Not wanting to show a lot to the Tide. Quinn Ewers finished with 260 yards passing. Still not really accurate on deep balls. Um, you know, miss some of those. Xavier Worthy against the Tide secondary, especially with some of the injury reports we're hearing from the Alabama secondary, could be very interesting. JT Daniels just could never get it going. And I think, I mean, he has just gone downhill from USC to Georgia to West Virginia. Now he's at Rice. I just, I, I don't think JT Daniels is a good quarterback, and it showed. But a big matchup in Tuscaloosa out here in Alabama. You know, I'm here in Alabama. There's a lot of talk about this game uh, from last year, that game in Austin. Really looking forward to it. Um, I, I've seen tickets on people that I'm friends with out here in Alabama go for, you know, a thousand dollars a pair, which which isn't bad, but whew, it, it's going to be interesting. Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, Bryant Denny Stadium, Texas and Alabama, getting ready to be an SEC matchup, so it'll be fun to watch that. Team that really impressed me, number ten, Washington, fifty six nineteen over Boise State, a better showing than I expected. Michael Penix Jr., I think, clearly put himself in the Heisman talk after week one. The ball just seems to explode off of his hands. Penix threw it for 450 yards and five touchdowns. The Washington defense brought the nasty in the game, really knocked Boise State out of the rhythm. Washington hosts Tulsa next week, and I feel bad for Tulsa. You host Washington, or you go to Washington, and then after that, the week after that, next week, you host Oklahoma. So you got two really potent offenses back-to-back. So the Golden Hurricane really, really going to take it on the chin. Last night, number nine, Clemson against Duke. I had some people talk to me about the game. They're like, man, I'm going to take Clemson, you know, giving up the 14 points. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. I I thought Clemson would still win the football game. I'll say this. I had somebody ask me, they're like, what do you think? I said, I would take, if I was betting, I would take Duke getting the points, but I still would think Clemson would win, just on an athletic, you know, a talent base. Boy, was I wrong. 
Duke was the better football team. Is Clemson done? Is that is that era over? Garrett Riley seemed to have not made a difference, and maybe it's Cade Klubnick. Maybe he's just not that good of a quarterback. But on both sides of the ball, Duke bullied Clemson. And Riley Leonard, he announced his presence. For those who didn't know of him, here's Riley Leonard. Now, again, he didn't tear it up through the through the air, but the 44-yard touchdown run in the second half, that was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Cade Klubnick was 27 of 43 for 209 yards, one TD, one interception. I will say a lot of people had questions about there was a penalty in the fourth quarter that Klubnick was running. And for those that don't know, I, I did used to officiate. Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to be around officials for a while. I don't stick up for him all the time, but you know, on, on rules like this, I had to make sure that it was correct, but high school and college. So when the quarterback, it was a fourth down play. Now, again, do I think this rule is correct? No, but do they make the correct enforcement? Yes. Klubnik is a fourth down. He went to slide. He started his slide way short of the first down marker. Play is automatically dead there. So when the play is automatically dead, anything that transpires after that is a dead ball post-play foul. So they had a targeting. So because it was a post-play foul, they had what they call clean hands. The ball changed possession. Because he slid early, the play was dead, the ball transfers over to Duke. So Duke got the football. A lot of people are like, what? What's going on? That can't be right. It's the right call. Does it make a lot of sense? No. Is it the right call? Yes, it's the right call. Leonard was 17 to 33, 175 yards, but he did lead the team eight rushes for 98 yards and that 44-yard touchdown. Clemson will host Charleston Southern. Duke will host Lafayette. I would imagine, and I'll say this, I would imagine they keep Duke in the top or Clemson in the top 25. And here's the reason why. I think TCU probably falls out. You probably bring Clemson in or, or Colorado has to come in. Duke has to come in as well. But you want to keep Clemson ranked for that Florida State matchup here in a couple weeks. I'm just saying. That's that old SEC thing, you know, keep everybody ranked, make it look better. I think you keep Clemson ranked until that Florida State matchup. Put two losses on Clemson, and and they're done for the year. Number seven, Penn State hosted West Virginia. Drew Aller played well, 21-29, 325 yards to the air. Garrett Green, you know, he was game for the Mountaineers. They tried the little... Uh, ring around the rose that you saw the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and them do. But I feel Neil Brown is on the hot seat. I just, I, I think he might be the first coach gone this year in the college football ranks. Would not surprise me at all. Uh, next up for the Penn State Nittany Lions, the Delaware Blue Hens. I think another victory there. Number six, USC played Nevada. Caleb is amazing. There's, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Freshman Zachariah Branch had another score. Offense is not going to be the problem for this team. It's not going to be a problem for the side. They're going to be able to score on anybody. It's on the defensive side of the ball. Stanford may give them more of a fight. But I'll tell you this, no matter what, take the over. And take the over in the Colorado game. When USC and Colorado play, take the over in that. Number four, Alabama. Welcome Middle Tennessee State. The Jalen Milrow era began. Jalen scored on the ground through the air. In the open day start, he was 13 of 18, 194 yards, three touchdowns. The other two quarterbacks got in as well. Tyler Buckner got in on a scoring from nine yards out on a run. Ty Simpson as well. Texas next week, Malachi Moore, Jalen Key. Listed as day-to-day. Nick Saban's not going to talk about injuries. He's not going to talk about anything like that. 
So we'll have to see. But if they're injured, those are your two starting cornerbacks, and you have a guy like Xavier Worthy on the other side, that's going to be a big matchup problem for Texas. If they can keep Ewers off his backside, block Dallas Turner, give him time. And you know, if you're if they're missing Malachi Moore and Jalen Heaton, now you still have Kool-Aid McKinstry patrolling the backfield out there. But Jalen Milrow, I'll say this on the offensive side of the ball, handled it well. You know, again, better competition. We'll see how he plays. But first game, he did a great job, 56-7. Ohio State struggled a little bit, only winning 23-3 against Indiana. Kyle McCord got the start. And what was surprising when you look at the stat line, especially when you think about the wide receivers in that room, Marvin Harrison, Emeka Abuka, five catches between the two. That's it, five. Even the speedy Trayvon Henderson struggled to get going. They got Youngstown State next. I mean, Indiana's not a great football team, 23-3. Ryan Day, you're another one on the hot seat, buddy. Again, I'm not calling for coaches to be fired, but if you go out you have a struggle bus year, you don't make the playoffs, you lose to Michigan again, you could be on the way out, buddy. Speaking of Michigan, number two, Michigan. Easily taken down East Carolina, 30-3. J.J. McCarthy, 23-30, of 30, 280 yards through the air, three touchdowns. Blake Corman, it's good to see him back. 10 carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Michigan will host UNLV next. Still no Jim Harbaugh. The suspension, he'll be out for another couple games. But Corm coming back from the knee injury, had a 31-yard run, a 24-yard run, showed the explosiveness. It was good to see him back, see him you know, really getting into it because he he's one of the best. He was in the Heisman running last year. I would imagine he'll be in the Heisman contention. Again, number one, Georgia, Tennessee Martin. Not a lot to talk about this game. It's Georgia, Tennessee Martin. Carson Beck. Control the offense as well as expected. Brock Bowers is what Brock Bowers is. Brock Vandergriff got in, tossed a touchdown. They even got a defensive score on a pick six by Ky- by Kyron Jones. Ball State next. The thing they need to worry about is um, the problem with speeding. You've got a staffer who gets in trouble for excessive reckless speeding, and with what happened in the offseason after the national championship, you guys have got to start getting a hold of that because people are watching for it you got to take care of that top to bottom. has to be done. The big game that we talked about Saturday, TCU, Colorado. Coach Prime. You know, there was a lot of talk of Coach Prime did it wrong. He got rid of guys that, you know, it was only a one-win team. But here's the thing. And I learned this from the time when I was doing a show with Teddy Lehman. It is a one-year renewable contract, a scholarship. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be there four years. So Dion came in and saw, like, I, I need to do something different. Some people didn't like the way he did it. But he taught, He said, hey, I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. He brought in his son, Shador Sanders, which people want to talk about, oh, you only brought him in because he's your son. Okay. He was also a four-star quarterback. It wasn't like he was a, you know, just a bum. Travis Hunter was the number one player in the country and chose to go to HBCU. But coming off the national championship game last year, TCU was favored by 20 points. You know, I, I just, I wanted to see. You know, like I said, now is time to stop talking. and Put it on the field. What can you do, Colorado? And it was an entertaining game. It was back and forth, back and forth. Shador Sanders, 38 of 47, 510 yards, four touchdowns. Four wide receivers had 100 yards on the day. I was blown away by his accuracy, his decision-making, his poise, everything. Shador Sanders is a legit quarterback. That game between USC, heck, 
They got Oregon first. Bo Nix versus Shador Sanders. Then you got then you got Caleb. Oh my gosh. Chandler Moore's tried to keep up, and in the end, Colorado, it was just Colorado's day. Travis Hunter, you want to talk about him, put himself in front of the Heisman talk. I know it's just week one, but what Travis Hunter did, over 120 snaps on both sides of the ball, one interception, 11 receptions for 119 yards on the offensive side of the ball, Shiloh Sanders, Prime's other son, led the team in tackles. Now, this isn't the same TCU team as last year, but they were at home celebrating that national title or the national championship appearance. But Prime and all his transfers and his Louis luggage put everybody on notice. I think they'll be 3-0 before they have that meeting with Oregon and USC. And Then again, much tougher competition. We'll see. It'll be fun. Next week for Colorado is Nebraska, a what used to be a big rival. It's the first home game. The crowd's going to be juiced after that victory. Nebraska lost to Minnesota. Uh, you know Matt Rule in his debut. But Colorado, they're for real. They're for real. Another game, Florida State-LSU. I was really excited about this matchup. Uh, I, I talked about I'm really high on Florida State this year. I think Florida State has a chance to win the ACC. I think Florida State will be in the playoffs. I picked them to be in the playoffs. LSU, a lot of people think they're going to be in the playoffs. They won the SEC West last year. Brian Kelly, a second year. You know, I, just, I really think when I talked about this game, I mentioned this was a bigger matchup or a bigger game for Florida State than LSU. Especially now you see the ACC is Florida State needed to win that game because even with a loss, LSU can go through the SEC West and still get credit. But I thought Florida State was going to give the game away in the first half, costly penalties, key drops from the receivers. Second half was completely different as they just absolutely manhandled LSU. Jordan Travis threw for four touchdowns, ran for one. Keon Coleman, the Michigan State transfer, nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns. Two fourth down stops, one on the goal line for Florida State. Jane Daniels played well. Just got absolutely manhandled, though. LSU will host Grambling. Florida State will host Southern Miss. In Brian Kelly in a postgame press conference saying, I thought we were a different team. Everybody thought you were a different team. Because you got handled, sir. You got handled. But it, it was it was a fun weekend. You know, I mentioned it was my birthday. Yeah, we started out, you know, we went to our local coffee shop that we like here that our friends run, Cala Coffee, C-A-L-A, uh, a great place here in Birmingham. You can check them out online. They have coffee, they can, they can get bags, roasted beans, really good coffee. So we go there, get our coffee, stop at the store, get some provisions for the day. We got some chicken wings from Publix, which I'm going to tell you, for the size, the flavor, and everything, Publix wings, you can't go wrong. Then we made some homemade nachos, had some steamed shrimp, I mean, and the ice cream. I'm going to tell you, the ice cream I made, I'm going to put the recipe out there on the socials. It's simple. Vanilla ice cream. Get good vanilla ice cream. Cool Whip. Oreo cookies. That's it. Let the Cool Whip and the ice cream soften, mix it together, crumble the cookies, put it in there. There you go. Let it freeze, and you got the best Oreo cookies and cream ice cream ever. But it was a fun week one. We're going to get into NFL action on Thursday. Look ahead to week two in college football. I have a special guest, Toby Rowan, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, good friend of mine from back in Oklahoma, is going to join me on the Thursday episode, and we'll talk about Oklahoma. We'll talk about the state of college football and more. 
So I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites, where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for your ears. I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouth-watering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward. Music